Last week, uh, we were discussing what was going on with Paul, and he was talking with the Ephesian elders, if you remember right. Um, Turn in your Bibles, if you'd like, to Acts chapter 20, the last part of Acts chapter 20 and verse 21 is what we'll be going over today. Uh, Paul was, he was meeting with the Ephesian elders, and remember he was teaching them some important things. Like, the last things you tell somebody before you leave them, and in this case, forever. The Ephesian elders wouldn't see uh, the Apostle Paul again. He was leaving them. And so he was telling him these important things, like there is one message. One message, that's Jesus Christ uh, died on the cross, uh, resurrected for our sins, because he, was, he paid the penalty that we should have paid, and he did that for us. And then uh, Paul says, I do these things to the extent that the rest of my life is worth nothing unless I'm spreading the good news. And he said, once you do your job, look, if you do your job, what God is asking you to do, then you can say, I've done my job. And you can uh, realize that when you've done all that you can do, rely on God to do the rest. So, from that situation... Paul tells them a few more things after that. Um, he tells them, uh, verses uh, 28 of chapter 20, he says, Guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. I know false teachers, like vicious wolves, will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even though, or even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Uh, so, guard yourselves, it says. Guard yourself. Shepherd God's flock. Because vicious wolves, they're going to come. We have to watch out for these vicious wolves. Now, why does Scripture say wolves? Well, because Jesus calls us sheep. He is the shepherd. We are the sheep. Wolves eat sheep. Bad deal, right? Uh, so we have to watch out for these, uh, these wolves who are dangerous to us, who speak the truth wrongly. So can it be the truth if it spoke wrongly? Uh, no, it's the truth twisted, right? So they take the truth, which is, the truth is God's word, and they twist it, and they lead us astray. Rotten wolves, false teachers, and they may come from those who call themselves Christians. So what do we do about that? We have to test what we are hearing to God's word. Everything that we hear, we go to the scripture and see if it lines up. See if it matches up. Paul tells them one of the last things, guard yourselves. 
tells them, feed the flock. Feed the flock. And then Paul says, in Acts chapter 20, verse 33, he starts in here. (laughs) He says, I have never coveted anyone's silver or gold or fine clothes. Uh, You know that these hands of mine have worked to supply my own needs and uh, and even the needs of those who are with me. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember these words. So, uh, anyone uh, anyone ever think that Paul is just sometimes a little bit full of himself? Uh, I mean, Paul's, Paul's an amazing dude, right? God created Paul, and God called Paul because he wanted a guy like Paul. Paul's very passionate, uh, very, uh, very hardcore in what he does. And God needed that kind of a guy, so he called Jesus, he converted him, in, and, and then now he's full force, full throttle, doing his work. But sometimes I read things like this, and I think, boy, Paul is just full of himself. I have never coveted. Uh, these hands of mine, I have been a constant example I guess it just rubs me a little wrong. And then, the very last part of this. You should remember the words. And I didn't show you the rest of the verse, because naturally you're going to think, Paul says, that I said to you, right? When Paul gives you words, and you start to think that he is full of himself, keep reading. The rest of this verse is, Verse thirty, verse uh, verse thirty-five. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Paul turns it back to Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Paul. Uh, really likes to give. He's giving the life-giving message to anyone that he can. Um, Paul is hardcore doing the work of God. So after he leaves the Ephesian elders, he he says farewell to them, and and he leaves them, and then he, he travels, and then he stops in a place called Tyre for a week. Uh... Chapter 21, verses 4 through 6, uh, says that um, we went ashore, this is Paul and a few others, and they found the local believers and stayed with them a week. These believers prophesied through the Holy Spirit that Paul should not go on to Jerusalem. We returned to the ship at the end of the week, and the entire congregation, including women and children, left the sea and came down the shore, knelt with us and prayed and uh, said our farewells, and we went aboard, and they returned home. So uh, these uh, believers prophesied through the Holy Spirit that Paul should not go. Uh, Don't go, Paul. They didn't want Paul to go. Did they not want Paul to go because they would miss Paul? Um, Probably true. But most importantly... Through the Holy Spirit, they prophesied Paul should not go to Jerusalem. And then uh, Paul continues on his trip. Then they go to Caesarea. They meet uh, Philip, 
Philip is, is a disciple of Jesus. We know him as that. And he's also the Philip in Acts that uh, converted a sorcerer named Simon. And then he baptized the uh, Ethiopian eunuch. You, you, you know this story. The eunuch is riding along in his carriage and reading reading Old Testament scripture. And Philip says, uh, hey, do you know what you're reading? And he says, how can I know? And then so uh, Philip baptizes them baptize him after he explains to him the meaning of the Old Testament scripture. So this is the Philip that we're talking about. Now, here in this text, Philip is called the evangelist. So it's pretty clear what Philip has been up to lately. He is spreading the good news. He's doing God's work. And, uh, oh, by the way, Philip has some daughters. He has four of them. Kind of like me, I have four daughters. Uh, So Philip has four of them, and they have the gift of prophecy. They're young daughters, and they still live with him, um, probably because the scripture says they're unmarried. Um, They have the gift of prophecy. Now, why does it mention that they have this gift? I don't know. I I think one reason is uh, it's good for us to know that God can work through all types of people. Uh, young, Young girls. Uh, God is evidently working through them here if they've got the gift of, of prophecy that was needed at this time in Acts, in the, the time after Jesus. Uh, and also, <clears throat> there seems to be a pretty common theme in this text here in, in, in Acts, uh, chapter 20 and chapter 21. Uh, folks are prophesying, Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit is telling folks, don't go to Jerusalem. Now, the scripture doesn't say that that's what the daughters prophesied. It just says that they had the gift of prophecy. So it doesn't go into detail. um, But I wonder why it says that and what they may have been. Were they saying the same thing? Paul, don't go. We don't know that. But the next fella... Next fellow is named Agabus, uh, verses 10 through 12. So Acts chapter 21, verse 10, several days later, a man named Agabus, who also had the gift of prophecy, arrived in Judea. He came over and took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands with it. And then he said, The Holy Spirit declares, So shall the owner of this belt be bound by the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem, and turned over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the local believers all begged Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Some messages are so important that you've just got to use actions to get them across. Uh, When I was a small kid, you know, I liked turtles, and so I always had myself a turtle carrying one around, and I probably always had a grasshopper trying to feed that turtle the grasshopper, and a turtle doesn't like to eat when it's being held uh, halfway upside down, but you still try to poke it in there anyway. Um, sometimes turtles get agitated, and sometimes they bite. My mama used to tell me, uh, uh, that turtle's going to bite you, boy. Quit sticking your fingers in that turtle's mouth. He's going to bite you. And for some reason, you know, I, I, I didn't listen. And then so my mom would, would take me and, and say, give me your fingers. She'd take my fingers and go, Pfft! she'd pinch that finger. And I'm like, ah, what was that for? And she's like, that's what it's going to be like if that turtle bites you. And so it didn't hurt near as much as what it would have if the turtle would have bit me. But I got the picture, right? Agabus. He's like, Paul. And he pulls off his belt. 
Like, Paul's belt would have been the sash wrapped around him several times, tied up. And he takes Paul's belt, and he ties up his own feet and his, and his uh, hands, and so he's, Paul, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to get bound, tied up. Don't go to Jerusalem. Sometimes you've got to get action, you've got to use actions to get the message across. Ah. Uh, Everybody is telling Paul not to go. Now, why is Paul going anyway? Why, why is Paul going to Jerusalem? Well, Acts chapter 20, verse 16. Verse 16 says, Paul had decided to sell on past Ephesus, for he didn't want to spend any more time in the providence province of Asia. He was hurrying to get to Jerusalem, if possible, in time for the festival of Pentecost. So we do know Paul wants to celebrate Pentecost in Jerusalem. He wants to be there for the festival of Pentecost, okay? Uh, Further on down, uh, verse 22 and 23, Paul says, And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that the jail that jail and suffering lie ahead. Okay, so, if you're the kind of person that likes to read the Bible for easy application, you just read it and you take the obvious out and you apply it, then here's your application for today. Paul is working for the Lord. He's spreading the good news of salvation through Jesus. Jesus told Paul to spread the word, and he tells us to spread the word. So be hardcore, just like Paul, and spread the good news of salvation through Jesus. That is good, and that is what we should do. And if you're the kind of person who just likes to read and pull it out, which is okay, there's your answer. But if you're the kind of person that needs to understand every little bitty thing that needs to all make sense to you you know what I mean so when you have a toddler uh, they like to ask questions why what how when you know they just ask all these questions sometimes you'll you'll, you'll start answering the questions and, and then before long you don't even know you're answering questions and you get stressed out because you don't know the questions and, and you're like what what am I answering all these questions but that's how they learn right so I don't know if there's a difference between boys and girls, but I know when I'm working on a car, my sons will often just, just you know, hold the light for a little bit and watch, and then they'll get distracted, and then I tell them, and they, you know, they don't say much. When my girls help me on the vehicles, though, I'm working, you know, I'll I'll get a wrench and I'll I'll take it and get another wrench. And they're like, Dad, why'd you change wrenches? I was like, Well, that one wasn't the right size, and and. <clears throat> And, and it, you know, I, I slip, hit my knuckles, and I, and I make a face. I'm like, oh. And they're like, Daddy, why'd you make that? Why'd you make that weird face? I slip, I hurt my knuckles. And then, you know, ten seconds later, is, is Daddy, why do you always wear a sleeveless shirt when you're working on vehicles? I don't know. It's the one that come off the top of the drawer. They gotta know everything, right? Right? All these questions. That's how we learn. Well, today. This scripture poses some interesting questions. And I don't know that I have a good answer. How 
how is it that the Holy Spirit is telling everyone else Paul's going to be arrested, you know, prophesy, tell Paul not to go to Jerusalem. And at the same time, it seems like Paul is is bound to go to Jerusalem. Well, verse 22, if you have a study Bible, look at verse 22. It says, I... And now I am bound by the Spirit. It usually has a little star by the end of it because they're not exactly sure how to translate the Greek in this situation. It says maybe that could be translated in the little side note or by my Spirit or by an inner compulsion. Interesting. So could be, uh, perhaps, Paul is bound Paul's saying he's bound by his own spirit. He is compulsed to go to Jerusalem. We don't know. Uh, We don't know that for sure. Uh, It could be either way. Did God want Paul to go to Jerusalem? Did God intend for Paul to go back to Jerusalem? You might have to come to your own conclusion here. You know, one of my favorite commentators, his name is Wearsby. Uh, you probably read a book by him. Um, he holds that Paul, Paul wasn't supposed to go back to Jerusalem, but Paul did. And God used him there in good ways. Some of my favorite pastors, uh, Tony Evans and, and, and Chuck Swindoll, you know, they say, uh, you know, Paul was supposed to go to Jerusalem. And that God worked through him in that way and he definitely did so I don't really know in this situation whatever the case God's name was glorified so everyone is telling Paul not to go because the Holy Spirit has told them what would happen and here's how Paul replies uh, chapter 21 verse uh, verse 13 Uh, they're telling him um, don't go verse 13 but he said why all this weeping you are breaking my heart I'm ready not only to be jailed at Jerusalem but even to die for the sake of the Lord Jesus he's ready to die for the sake of the Lord you know jail death it didn't matter Paul says bring it on he's convicted Paul is a man who uh, lives out what he has is compelled to do and he's ready to do whatever it takes and nothing is going to stop him from praising God and spreading God's word Paul says bring it on finally finally everyone else decided Verse 14, when it was clear that we couldn't persuade him, we gave up and said, The Lord's will be done. The Lord's will be done. Now, I think we can pull out two points from this scripture. Two points from from what we've just read already. Uh, The first point would be, it's good to follow through. We must follow through with things. Good leaders are good at this. 
most of the leaders that you know of that are really effective leaders are good at following through. They have an idea or they get an idea and they follow through with it and put it into action. Now, on the same hand, most leaders uh, don't have a super high success rate as far as percentages. Let's just throw this out there. Maybe, maybe a good leader uh, fails at 50% of what he follows through with, but he succeeds at 50%. That 50% that he succeeds at is probably a lot more than the fellow who doesn't follow through with anything or much at all. So our leaders are following through. They have the end goal in mind. They are single-minded like Paul. Paul's got this idea. He was given it by the Lord. The Lord pulled him aside said, This is where I, what I want you to do, Paul. Paul's single-minded. He's like, my life is worth nothing unless I'm spreading the good word of Jesus. And sometimes, <clears throat> we need to follow, all the time, we need to follow through with what God is telling us to do. But sometimes, we get so single-minded that we aren't being open to what God may be speaking to us through other other routes, other ways. Sometimes we get hung up on our on our own ideas. It becomes um, it becomes something of ours instead of uh, God's plan. And I don't I don't know if that happened to Paul here. Um, and, and and Paul did God's work one way or the other. But sometimes we suffer from that. Even if it's ministry based, man, I want to do this, and we 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 uh, work at it and work at it until all of a sudden we're following um, through with our plans instead of following through with God's plans. So we must follow through. We make sure we remain focused on what God wants. Ecclesiastes chapter seven verse eight says, "Finishing is better than starting. Patience is better than pride." Finishing is better than starting. Have stamina. Stamina. And, and follow through. Uh, make it work. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. says, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which you have been given, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Same God. He'll supply every single one of our needs given to us through Jesus. Speaking of following through, um, Jesus follows through. Think about how difficult it was for Jesus. Uh, our text even says in, in the gospel that, that Jesus uh, struggled just a little bit with what he was facing. <clears throat> Now, that didn't prevent him one bit from following through with it. <clears throat> he continued to the cross. And he followed through with the payment for our sin so that we could have eternal life with him. He followed through. Now, I'm not sure if Paul made the right decision. You know, he, he is human, after all. Paul's not, not Jesus. 
uh, he makes mistakes. And look at all the people that God uses in our lives to be such a great influence on us. And none of them are perfect. But one thing's for sure. Paul had a passion and a plan, and he carried it out the whole time spreading the good news. Uh, I, I like what Howard said about the barrel. I would love to see a 55-gallon barrel shrunk up into like a pop can been smashed by a vacuum. That would be neat to see because all the pressure on the outside when you create a vacuum, there's too much pressure on the outside. We get so much pressure in our lives to live a certain way, to do a certain thing that we're tempted not to follow through with what we once said. I am a Christian. I will follow Jesus. And then we get to class. We get all the other kids saying one thing, saying another. That's pressure threatening to crumple us. We must follow through. We must follow through with what God is wanting us to do. People told Paul, don't go. Don't go to Jerusalem, Paul. This kind of sounds familiar. This kind of sound, uh, sounds like something you can read about in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. Jesus predicts his death. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on that third day, he would be raised from the dead. But Peter, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said. This will never happen to you. (laughs) Peter, Peter took Jesus aside to set Jesus straight, you know. It's kind of it's kind of funny to us now, um, but think about it. Jesus, he, Peter's uh, leader, Peter's uh, Lord that he loves so much, says, "I'm going to have to die." Peter, says, no, you you don't have to go. You don't have to go to Jerusalem. And Jeter, uh, Jesus, in turn, um, sets Peter straight uh, quite harshly. Actually, tells Peter. No, my my way, I know what I need to do. And um, let me do it. Don't fall into the trap of, of uh, looking at this from a human point of view. If you were able to see it from my point of view, you'd understand why I'm doing it, basically. So folks are telling, telling Paul not to, not to go, and Paul is, is hardcore. Uh, doing this for Jesus. A second point I, th- I think we can pull out of this. Um, first one's follow through. Uh, the second one would be uh, the Lord's will be done. I was kind of struggling with the grammar of this. Like the Lord's will be done. Shouldn't it be the Lord's will will be done? Or the, the Lord's will must be... Uh, anyway, Lord's will be done. <clears throat> so here we have it. Uh, This is what the people said. When it was clear that we couldn't persuade Paul, we gave up and said, Lord's will, Lord's will be done. Lord's will, you know, nothing else we can do about it. I guess let God 
be in control and take care of you, Paul. Uh, because we've done told you. Acts chapter 20, verse uh, 26 I declare today, Paul says, that I've been faithful. If anyone suffers eternal death, it's not my fault. For I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know. Paul said those words. Do you think these fellas were thinking, you know what, Paul? I I declare, we told you, just like you taught us, what the Holy Spirit says. And if you go, then uh, it's not our fault if you get get arrested some sometimes we try to tell someone something we can tell them until we're blue in the face and they just don't listen to you and at some point you just have to uh just have to let god take over the lord's will be done you know jesus says there's a time to leave it in god's hands mark chapter 10 verse 14 Jesus says, if if any household or town refuses to welcome you or listen to your message, shake its dust from your feet and leave. He's telling the disciples this. Uh, sometimes there's a time you just gotta you just gotta move on. Actually, Paul uh, learned this from Jesus, um, and he did this in, in Acts chapter thirteen, verse fifty through fifty one. Uh, this is Paul and Barnabas together. Then the Jews stirred up the influential religious women and the leaders of the city, and they incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas and ran them out of town. So they shook their dust from their feet as a sign of rejection and went to the town of Iconium. I don't think uh, the people who love Paul are rejecting him here. Um, but I think they realize that Sometimes we just got to do what God is telling us to do and then rely on Him to carry out His perfect will through imperfect people. Because He will do that. Carry out His perfect will through imperfect people. That sounds kind of weird how that can be done. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says... You guys know this verse. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So Paul went to Jerusalem. He pulled his boots up and he went went to Jerusalem. And what happened then? What happened then? Well, two things happen wherever Paul goes and preaches the gospel. Number one, folks get saved. Number two, folks get mad. People get angry. So the Jewish Jewish folk there, they, they, they roused the mob and they started a riot and they tried to kill Paul. They begin to beat him. And they begin to work him over. And and what happened then? Well, Agabus called it. Paul knew it. Verse 33 of chapter 21. Then the commander arrested him and ordered him bound 
with two chains. And really it's a good thing. It's a good thing because Paul was likely to be beaten to death by the Jews there. And then the Romans, the, the, the Roman guards, they came in and saved Paul by arresting him. Kind of interesting that uh, Paul would be giving the Romans the life-saving message of Jesus. Here they come to Paul and they, they carry him out. They had to hold him high above their heads so that the mob, the riot, couldn't reach Paul. The Lord's will be done. The question today is, are you going to be part of God's will? Are you going to follow through with what he's telling you to do? Because if you're not doing God's will in the best of your ability, if, if you're not for him, then you're against him. So you can't just sit off to the side in the sidelines and do nothing and be innocent. Paul is doing everything he can to do God's will. The others are prophesying what needs to happen. And we see follow through. We see follow through with Jesus. Are you going to follow through and do the Lord's will? I hope so. Because there's a lot of folks out there that need the saving grace offered by Jesus. And maybe you need it. We all need it, actually. Maybe you haven't accepted it. And if that's the case, I want you to pray with me right now. Father God, I thank you so much for this message that you've given us through Paul and those around him. And I thank you for the boldness that Paul has in working for you. And Lord, I ask you to soften our hearts so that we're able to completely give you the control. Your will, God, your will be done, and your will be done inside of us in our hearts. And Lord, we know that your will is good and pleasing.